0: Welcome to Blood Moon Milk. This is the podcast where my co-host and I get together and talk about the astrological aspects of the moon and how to use that information to help you along your way on your own personal mindfulness manifestation journey. Thanks for joining us. This episode is all about the full moon in Scorpio. It's also called The Pink Moon, which is, incidentally, what you're hearing behind me right now. This is Nick Drake's title track off his album Pink Moon. The song's called Pink Moon, and it was written and released in 1972. Thanks for joining us.
1: Atlanta native I you can also find me on not your basic Witch at Instagram and everything else and I'm co-hosting this awesome podcast with my friend Aurora
0: so I'm Aurora I'm a filmmaker and creative in Atlanta and you can follow me at ra, ra which is r-a-r with 13 a's after it on Instagram or you can see my portfolio at Aurora.net full moons are a time of completion and release I like to think of this as a whole pie that comes out of the oven ready to be eaten, and actually, at our full moon
2: <laughs> workshop,
0: I do serve a lemon tart because it looks like the moon and it tastes amazing. It's uh, it was one of my more genius uh, <laughs> like thoughts. To, I don't what do you say thought like mm, sparks of inspiration. It's one yeah. of my like better sparks of inspiration to serve the lemon tart. Full moons kind of like that fresh lemon tart that just comes right out of the oven. It's ready to be eaten. It's the culmination of all the ingredients along with the baking time that you put it in the oven for and you get to finally enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, But as soon as you start eating that pie and enjoying it, that pie then becomes fuel for the next thing. And that's what our full moon rituals and workshops have always been about. Um, It's all about being grateful and also Um, release, yeah, like getting to like your thoughts together and thinking about things that you are done with, Mm -hmm. you are ready to let it go because it just is it's just holding you back at this point. And uh, once you clear some space in your life, when you let those things go, then uh, you're ready for those new moon manifestation rituals uh, that come two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's a really exciting time um but it's also it can be really intense and especially in scorpio uh
1: scorpio moons full moons are my favorite full moons cancer makes me weepy uh but scorpio full moons make me really excited full of life like i always just feel super passionate and intense and like everybody i love i love even more and like sex is better food is better like i just enjoy I just enjoy everything better. Like, I, I love it. I love Scorpio moons. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> I don't know uh, that I have paid attention to the Scorpio full moon in the past, but I definitely really enjoyed the Scorpio
1: new moon when that happened. A thing that people often don't really associate with the full moon is something that's very much about the new moon, which is banishing you mentioned earlier about letting go and release. That's usually the common word we use, but it's also banishing. Um, because as the moon wanes, so will like your issues. That's why a lot of weight loss spells mm-hmm. are done on the full moon, and like it's sort of like you're shrinking. And that so definitely yeah. you can anything you need to wane in your life, you can do on the night of the full moon. You don't have to wait for the, the new moon.
0: And actually, I think that uh, it works better when you uh, try to manifest those releases, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, or not, I don't know that manifest the right word, but, um, mindfully release those key themes in your life. Maybe there's a neighbor you don't really like, yeah. uh, who like maybe this person you've had a couple of run-ins with and they haven't been particularly pleasant. Um, and you want to focus on better stuff, you know? And so just Maybe doing a little banishing spell the night of the full moon um, can help to then carry that energy Mm. away and help it to diminish on its own, similar to the energy of that moon diminishing as it
1: wanes towards new So full moons really are like the best. You can manifest things and like really like you have all that power of the full moon and all its potential, but also you get to banish stuff or release things. So it's like a double whammy.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like, so for me in my own experience, Mm -hmm. this is Aurora and uh, (laughs) by the way, um, for me, I like to use the new moon as my manifestation, intentional space Mm -hmm. and then the full moon is all about the culmination of things and then also the release right um so it it's like a two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. um but i feel like thinking of things in that way has been really helpful for me and just my own meditation practices you know it's on the full moon i focus on the gratitude that i feel and uh, also making that list of things i can do without, no (laughs) longer serve me, and burn that shit, light that shit on fire, and let it go.
1: That was so fun. (laughs) It smelled so good.
0: Oh, yeah. And then that... Particular neighbor that we weren't particularly fond of (laughs) happened to walk by after, like, while we were holding the bowl (laughs) bowl of ashes. (laughs) And she gave me this hard look, and I was just, I just looked her in the eye and waited for her to walk on by, (laughs) walk on by, lady, goodbye. And then I just let those ashes go in the wind, and we just died laughing. Oh, my God. And you know what? I haven't seen her since. I,
1: so I will say, it's worked for me. Yeah, I only saw her that one time, and it was super awkward. And I told you, like, she was just trying to feel out, like, where I stood between her and you. And it was it was weird. <laughs> and like, I She's on my side, bitch. <laughs> and I haven't seen her since either. <laughs> Which is weird, because I used to see her multiple times a day. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> magic's real, guys. It so is real. real. Um. Okay, so let's talk about... Uh, So we know it's a full moon Mm -hmm. and we kind of have gone over the energies that you can work with, uh, like whether you want to manifest something or you want to let something go. Uh, And I, I will say it is super important to have space in your life, energetically speaking, in order to be able to manifest anything. So that's what the full moon is all about to me. It's all about seeing that that grand outcome from the thing that you put the intention in six months ago when that Scorpio moon was new, (laughs) and then six months later it's full. So where have those themes of uh, the dark and passion and all those Scorpionic themes, how have those developed? And then also, uh, what can you let go of so you can keep growing and getting better and developing in this life that you're on, this this uh, life that you're leading? How can you become the best version of yourself while thinking about these themes and being mindful about your own interactions with other people and yourself and what you're attracting? And that's what this is all about. Your life is not just magically gonna change because you want it to, but being mindful of it and wanting it to change and changing the way you think about things, that actually will create tangible results.
1: You have to align yourself to like if you okay yeah you can use crystals and spells all day long but until you align your mind and your chakras Mm -hmm. to that nothing will be accomplished you can say i want to get up at 5 a.m and do yoga all day long but until you fucking set the alarm and start going to do it hello personal story here uh you will never be a person who wakes up at 5 a.m to go do yoga You've got to align yourself. You have to mean it. It's not enough just to passively want it, to put a post on Instagram saying you're going to start doing something or that you read a book on it. You have to put in the soul work.
0: Yeah. And that's what this whole podcast is about, actually. It's about being mindful about different areas of your life in a somewhat strategic manner (laughs) and letting go of shit that you don't need anymore. And then making room for the things that really light you up. What lights that fire in your soul deep within you that you just you're just gonna die without like you're you're just gonna wilt inside a little bit that fire will just sort of smolder instead of really being that bright blaze that's so inspirational for other people to see you're not living your life in a vacuum you affect everybody (laughs) you talk to and see on a daily basis and everybody you interact with picks up on your energy too they're going to be so much better off. Other people will be better off if you are better off. Very true.
1: Uh, I think I really like that quote. It's like Gabrielle Bernstein and possibly A Course in Miracles where it says, uh, you know you're on the right path when you're in vibrational alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. AKA, you're fucking having fun. If you're not having fun, you're on the wrong path. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) That's one of my dad's favorite sayings.
0: Um, so let's talk about Scorpio a little bit. Scorpio is the eighth sign of the zodiac. It's uh, in the sky. It's represented by the
1: constellation Scorpius. It's a water sign. Um, and maybe because it looks like a crustacean, I don't. I don't know that one. I'll have to Google that. Um, but I've always wondered that too. And it's so fiery. And I always yes! say it's the most fiery of the water signs. And I feel <laughs> like every, I feel like every sign has one that's like more intense like I feel like Libra is very watery and I feel that Sagittarius is very air-like and like because like they're so like they're not as passionate as say a Leo or an Aries like as far as like you like she's a Sagittarius (laughs) Aurora is I'm a Leo um so I feel like when I'm with Sagittarians they can be very distant they can be a little uh not into commitment as much uh, a lot of commitment folks i know that are squ- <laughs> sagittarians and uh i mean i am single <laughs> <laughs> and so i have just noticed this pattern of like being like aloof and funny and very intelligent and like lots of learning which is very air sign like yeah. I- i've read a lot about like astrology and as you go through the signs like I- i've said it's uh or it's like the the hero's journey the monomyth that you hear so much about and going through the signs is the like the fool going through the journey and as you go through each sign you're supposed to learn a lesson and you're supposed to get more and more like higher which is why it ends in pisces which is the most spiritual of the signs but it begins in aries which is about new beginnings and fresh starts and it but it's not necessarily super intelligent or very uh, like spiritually minded it's about your passions so it's a, it's an evolution and I think that you know the fire signs like evolve the water signs evolve the air signs evolve. So one thing I I read in my research was so Scorpio is a water
0: sign but it also has been represented by other things other mm-hmm. than scorpion. Uh, it has four different iterations of uh, what it's been classically represented as. Did that's, you know that?
1: I did not know that. Yeah. It's tell crazy. Me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> yeah. So, um,
0: I've read some older astrology books that were from like the sixties and stuff. Yeah. And they kept re- referring to Scorpio as the Eagle. And I oh, was, that's like an Aztec or native American thing or something. Yeah. And I was, but I was like, what is this ego, uh, this Eagle they're talking about? Because it's, Scorpio is a scorpion and I I didn't know I didn't realize it but it's also so there's apparently it starts out as a scorpion Uh and then it's been represented as a snake too oh and then it evolved into the eagle and then like the last uh, thing it's been represented as represented as Mm -hmm. is the all-seeing phoenix which again none of these really seem like water to me none of them yeah you're right Maybe the snake. I mean, there's right. water snakes, but I I don't know. I wish if there's somebody out there that has some insight as to why the scorpion is considered to be a water thing. Other than the fact that everybody gets like super emotional when they're yeah. around this sign. Yeah. Well, I know like so Scorpios tend to be really deep emotional thinkers yes. and emotional beings. Scorpio is pretty quintessential for being emotional and I think the saying goes, uh, still waters run deep yeah. and that would probably be pretty mm. accurate for describing a Scorpio. Um, they're less like they're less likely to wear their emotions on their sleeve, but you better believe they're there. They're just mm, mm, keeping them to themselves (laughs) until the right moment. Until they just can't take it anymore. And then, oh my God, watch out.
1: (laughs) I had a Scorpio roommate. Oh, my mom was a Scorpio. Oh my God, bless you. My mom has a Scorpio moon. My Venus is in Scorpio. Oh my God, you sex freak.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I have almost killed people before and having sex with
1: them. I believe it.
0: (laughs) Whoops. Um... Oh, well. <laughs> They're alive and we're still friends. It's fine. Um, I'm a
1: Venus Cancer. <laughs> uh, what's that? Like I'm a sweet pea, and it means that all of my Leo uh, tendencies and my Sagittarius moon tendencies go out the window when I fall in love and I turn into a complete and other mother mother figure and I start cooking and cleaning and I'm like waiting on the man foot. I'm like what can I do for you and like inside my inner Leo is like what the fuck they're supposed to be worshipping you ah! it's <laughs> disgusting I become slovenly it's important, oh, but I can't I, I just yeah. I love to serve and that's how I show I love someone <laughs> um it
0: takes all kinds it, does. it it really takes all kinds um Scorpio energy helps us to look deeply into subject matter and find connections others might miss. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good scholars. Um, they're gonna probably tend, oh, and researchers and anybody who's like maybe into investigative research mm-hmm. I was or I was journalism. Say spies. Spies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um,
1: like, That comic, Spy versus Spy.
0: I feel like they're probably both Scorpios. Right.
1: (laughs) They're just like Scorpios on different decants or something. Yeah. Um,
0: So maybe let's talk about Scorpionic or Scorpio uh, personal traits. (laughs) Um, So, revenge is their favorite dish, and it's best served cold. Mm -hmm. So, do not, I repeat, do not double-cross a Scorpio. Do not fuck with them. Pay your goddamn rent. Yeah. Well, and just... (laughs) You know, just know they love tearing you apart if they feel like it's well deserved.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're reasonably balanced to an extent, yeah. but and they'll wait a long time before they come at you. Like they are they're, oh, yeah. they're sweethearts, they really are. But they will fuck you up if you fuck them up.
0: Yeah, like
1: I said, revenge is the dish best served cold. Yeah.
0: They will wait and be happy in their waiting, mm-hmm. and I will just wait and wait and wait. And then at the last minute, when least expected, bam, they gotcha. <laughs> um, so also they're known for having super intense eyes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, my, research, my research said was they have hawk-like eyes, mm-hmm. but I would like to say maybe it's more eagle-like yeah. um, because one of the iterations of Scorpio is the eagle. Even though I have never seen that except for in one book, in one article
1: in the fingerprints of the gods or no the magicians of the gods i actually listened to the audiobook of that because i have a lot of time it's on my hands so i listen to a lot of audiobooks while i'm at work um so they or he talked about how he was um traveling and he was looking for like one of he was looking at these stone pillars i can't remember where but i want to say somewhere in turkey but they had like some predictions Astrologically, and they use the eagle instead of the Scorpio. And like he talked about how, like, that was one, like, instead of for their culture, they use the eagle to represent what we call Scorpio. Cool. That's neat. So it's a a thing. It's just like, it's really old. And I'll I'll find, I'll link the stuff in the show notes. Cool.
0: So another um, one of their trademark um, is like they're, they're really passionate people but Mm -hmm. their secret wish is they really do want real intimacy they it's just but it's hard to kind of draw that out of them
2: Mm -hmm. Um, and
0: sort of they have that thick shell but once you get past that they're all gooey inside oh yeah Um, so the body parts that they rule the sign rules is the reproductive organs so sex is probably gonna be really good during the full moon in Scorpio it is Um, The energy essence of Scorpio is thought of as magnetic, passionate, loyal, protective, even trend Uh They can be very cutting edge, um, but also on maybe the downside, they can be a little controlling. They're
1: really into power. Oh, yeah. Like, Which is a Pluto thing.
0: Yeah. They're, Pluto is kind of like one of the... It's the slowest moving of all the planets, so its impact is really pretty intense mm-hmm. when it changes signs and when it does something. It's about power and control. Yeah. And I mean, if you really think about our life, what is the ultimate control over people? It's the control over their life or death. Mm-hmm. And then again, Pluto is the god of the underworld. Right. Um, but they can also be really charismatic and can be very gifted psychic healers. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and they can be very brave as well they give the best gifts they're so thoughtful like when they pick out like i've had many scorpio friends like number three of close scorpio friends and they're just like they're creative like with their gift giving and like what they do and i've always been really like blown away by people I was like we don't know each other that way and then they or that well and then they give me a present that's just so perfect i'm like how did you even know i wanted this like what like and it's good. And I've always noticed that about Scorpios are like the best gift gift. What's more scorpionic than
0: passion and love and intensity? Uh, I'm not really sure. So I think the next song that's coming up is really indicative of all those things. It's Tainted Love by Scorpions.
1: So for our next little segment, we're going to do uh, Nutrition for Your Mission. Yeah, Nutrition for Your Mission here on Earth. We're still experimenting with the title. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to talk about Camu Camu today. It's a small fruit found in the Amazon rainforest. It's traditionally used by the people of Peru. Um, it's got a lot of vitamin C in it, so obviously it's gonna be really, really good. It's apparently the equivalent if you ate ten oranges. So, oh, that's like, a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's a really high vitamin C content. Yeah, it's uh, good for, uh, uh, you know, building your immune system. I suppose. Um, so, I feel like I need some camu camu right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. It's season. Um, so for like the spiritual side of it it says that it can be wonderfully helpful to highly sensitive people so people who are like empaths and light workers and when you feel other people's like stuff that helps you separate the two um, so that you can tell your stuff from their stuff and be able to deal with it appropriately it also helps when you're being like overwhelmed and if you have anxiety like a lot of lots of people you might need to take like a dose of camu camu um, because it shields your aura and it uh, lets you feel a little safe. So it's very grounding. Um, and how does it relate to Scorpio? I would say it definitely, because it helps you with your sensitivity, um, it, it's a very healing thing. Um It will help you attract the perfect teacher or healer. And I think that that's, having a lot of support is a very Scorpionic thing. It's also a very like full moon thing. If you want to manifest stuff, if you want protection from all of the intense energies that happen around the full moon, especially a Scorpio full moon, this is something that you could have because your sensitivities are heightened during a full moon, especially a full moon in Scorpio. Um, so, like, and Scorpios are very guarded people. They have that hard shell. They have their pinchers. They have their stinger you know like they're very like it's their nature to protect themselves and it's your nature to protect yourself it's okay to protect yourself it's okay to absorb people's stuff just be able at the end of the day to separate the two and be able to heal and cleanse yourself in appropriate ways and your your nutrition is such an important part of taking care of your soul body you are what you eat yep so, we're going to talk about Pluto, which is the one of the planetary rulers of Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio is ruled by two planets, uh, it would be Mars and Pluto. Mars is shared by Aries, and that's why I feel like Scorpio is a super fiery sign, even though it's water. Well, I think it's also,
0: like, it speaks to how it's so intense a sign, too. It's got some pretty intense rulers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pluto in mythology was the god of the underworld, and uh, I think legend has it that... Some gods all drew straws yeah, on mm-hmm. who uh, ha- like had to do it. Basically, like mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be the god of the underworld, mm-hmm. and Pluto drew the short straw mm-hmm. and was like, oh, "Fine, okay, I'll do it." Mm-hmm. And but I mean, in doing so, uh, he rules over death, but also rebirth, yep. because you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's kind of what full moons are all about.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was thinking that too.
0: And I think that's maybe why full moons and Scorpio are particularly powerful. Yes.
1: They're Um, so deep. They're so... I just feel them in my bones. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, So pay attention to those fiery feelings that may lead to a symbolic death of something in your life. And then make room for something intentional. Mm -hmm. And especially something that... resonates with those scorpionic themes of fiery passion,
1: research, and the occult, and even Mm -hmm. the dark arts, if you will. Mm -hmm. And death. Lots of death and rebirth. It's like, you know, the death card in the tarot is ruled by Scorpio, or it's the Scorpio card. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, every card has an astrological alignment.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I love how uh, the tarot and astrology and the Kabbalah Mm -hmm. all kind of intersect and resonate with these energies. And I mean, they're, some would say they're crude, somewhat uh, mystical tools, hmm. but I
1: feel like in my work with them, they're, they're really actually quite powerful. Yeah, I think so, they're deep and advanced and beautiful. I love the synchronicity and like the... The, the, the
0: subtleties of yeah. it. Like the subtle powers and the subtle energies of these things really are pervasive in all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just...
1: They just manifest differently in different people mm-hmm. and that's what i think the collective consciousness is and i think that that whatever that is that unites us all together and lets us see the same theme in the same story in the cards and the in the crystals and the astrology and the stars like in our myths mm-hmm. over and over that is what god is to me like that is you know that's my spiritual belief is I've, that connection is
0: i look at it like the uh it's that spark that keeps life going yeah and like that's we all have that and it never dies. And it all resonates at a certain frequency, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just different expressions of that same spark.
1: Mm-hmm. What is that? We're Spirit, spirits having a human experience or like, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: Nothing. And I think that's also like,
0: I like to use the phrase like follow, follow your passion, follow that thing that lights you up, mm-hmm. because that again, speaks to the idea that you have this spark inside of you. Right.
1: It's like that magic spark that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're I, I think the Bhagavad Gita I've been reading that twice now uh, in the past week like the, I have the audiobook so I've been like nice really I'm intensive. curious about reading that. That's on my list. Oh my god, it's it, it, uh, I cried like three times. Mm-hmm. But they he Krishna, I believe says something to the effect of the reason or no, he says that, like he says that you are on life or you are here living. To experience and understand God and that's what yoga is like not just like the physical movement of yoga but yoga to them means like a meditation it's it's a very deep thing well but... yeah
0: there's like seven paths of yoga mm-hmm. there's like breathing and there's yeah uh, the asana which is you know what you the think poses. of as the traditional yoga class
1: and there's meditation and mm-hmm. there's lots of other things and which the whole aspects. point is meditation and that's what this whole the Bhagavad Gita is about is about meditating and learning to meditate and the only way or the main way that you can 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 get to God or the easiest is through meditation, which there's other forms of yoga, which are like karmic yoga and, uh, bhakti yoga, like devotion and good acts. Like you can do those Mm -hmm. things, but meditation will, is like a straight path to God. And that's what your purpose on life is for according to Krishna.
0: Yeah. Um, so going back to Scorpio, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, and those, uh, that idea of a symbolic death, paying attention to those Um, those themes that might be popping up where you're like, I just need to let something go. Do it and know that the universe abhors a vacuum. (laughs) And so like whatever you let go and then you mindfully set the intention to hold that space for something bigger and better, Mm -hmm. it will come. It really will. Um, Make room for new energies. And transitions like this, they're not always easy or fun but resisting them is more likely to make them even more difficult than they need to be. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I think it was Lao Tzu
0: who said, let go or be dragged. Yeah,
1: I love that. Our next song is Two Coffins by Against Me off of their album, Transgender Dysmorphia Blues. Yes. (laughs) That explains the boob on the cover.
0: Yeah, it (laughs) does. But it's also really indicative like that dark side and the passion and the sex themes of scorpio
1: yes with the you know the song is talking about death and how that love will never end until you die and how there's going to be two coffins for sleeping right next to each other also references to her face looking like the moon which is sweet all right here it is enjoy
0: Obviously, the moon isn't the only thing in our sky, and we do like to make note of other astrological happenings, um, (laughs) if you will. And right now and going forward for a little while, we've got a couple big players in retrograde, including Pluto, which is, again, ruler of Scorpio. Um, And Pluto goes retrograde from... uh, april 22nd and it will be retrograde all the way until the end of september it's a really long really intense retrograde and it demands action Mm -hmm. it does not like to cut corners you're gonna see some big seismic environmental political changes happen during this period of time just get ready guys you heard it here first
1: And it's in Capricorn, so, like, all that responsibility, like, the the father figure, the patriarchy, like... Yeah, expect some big seismic
0: shifts in the patriarchy and the establishment coming down. I'm serious. It's going to happen. I hope so. Yeah. Impeach. (laughs) Um, You
1: know where we stand.
0: (laughs) We need to say no more. okay uh but also saturn's going retrograde which is again gonna be in capricorn and that's a big one too um it's thought of as the planter of seeds um and so if you think of the planter of seeds and pluto all in capricorn um that's a very intense placement for these planets to be in Um, I think Saturn is exalted in Capricorn as
1: well. Like, they're almost the same themes. I don't know if it's exalted, but that's the ruler of Capricorn is Saturn. (laughs) Yeah. I always thought Saturn was, like, that's the scythe. Like, that's the reaper, not the planter. Like, he's the, like... Huh. He leads you into death. Interesting. I've... Well... And the planet of karma. I have a lot of Saturn stuff I want to talk about eventually.
0: Yeah. Um, I have... I'm not as familiar with Saturn as I am with some other planets, but it's—I know it's a biggie. It's mm-hmm. a big one. He's heavy, heavy, yeah. heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah. Um, but the scythe makes sense. It's and in the symbol. You, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that a makes cross. sense with the scythe. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, if you think about the rings mm-hmm. and the way that uh, old-fashioned blades mm-hmm. in the medieval times would be semicircles.
1: Yeah. But, like it's sort of shaped like a ring as mm-hmm. well, like Saturn's rings. Um, But I get why you would, or why it could be like the planter of seeds, but it's more like reaping what you sow. Like it's this time of reaping. Mm. So that's what it's, it's So
0: even better. So all this shit that's been going wrong for a while, and we're all standing around going, oh my God, I can't believe these people are getting away with this shit. It's gonna, like, it's time to pay the piper. Mm -hmm. I mean, I predict by the time retrograde and Pluto is over, by the end of September, we're gonna see some. Real big
1: changes. That would be nice. Especially like, oh my god, Saturn retrograde has been so beautiful and intense for me so far, and my friends are having lots of emotional breakdowns. Like, that karma is hitting hard, so I can only imagine what it's doing and what it's going to do on, like, a big level. Like, especially in our political system. Like, it has to do with Pluto. Down with the patriarchy. (laughs) Um...
0: All right. So some of the challenging aspects of Saturn retrograde could be emotional coldness and workaholism. So not particularly fun. Um, maybe just keep that stuff in mind going forward until the end of September. Um, Also, Jupiter is retrograde, and it's also retrograde in Scorpio. (laughs) So we've got a lot of Scorpionic themes. Uh, Jupiter is uh, the planet of luck, and it's also thought of as like the main ruling god. Mm -hmm. Um, In Roman mythology, Jupiter was the god of the gods, basically. (laughs) Zeus in Greek. Yes, exactly. Um, And in ancient Rome, Jupiter's... um, jupiter's temple in ancient greece was also the biggest Mm -hmm. um jupiter has this tendency to expand everything Mm -hmm. that it touches uh it's also the ruler of sagittarius Mm. and um as a result a lot of sagittarians tend to easily put on weight if they don't pay attention it's unfortunate
1: well they also have this intense desire to travel not like in a mercutian way like like a god of travel but like need to explore and expanding their horizons. Like, because the part about traveling that attracts uh, Sagittarians is the learning and the philosophy and the getting in touch with other people. They want to add to their mental and emotional library of information and expansion. It's, it's very, Jupiter's very, very spiritual. It's also a co-ruler co- of Pisces. So it's very spiritual, but it has to do more with not the nep- Neptune kind of spirituality, but, uh like the religious aspects like what are your rituals like sort of reminds me of like the catholic church and the pope and the the rituals that you have to go through and like the the rules like it's about the rules and not in a a taskmaster way like saturn is but uh like it's very formal it's it's very strange how that he like saturn or jupiter is so multi-layered with its meanings and what it affects or reflects here on earth
0: it's interesting to me that we're working on this podcast together now because Jupiter is Sagittarius is mm-hmm. Sagittarius' ruler, mm-hmm. and I'm a Sagittarian, and I feel like the um, the theme of this whole podcast is kind of like ritual and mm-hmm. uh, expanding our horizons, and it sort of. Like, you replace all the things you just said with, <laughs> instead of about Jupiter, but like about the podcast, <laughs> and it would be equally
1: accurate. Well, I have a Sagittarius moon, so my emotions, like my soul, is driven by things that are Sagittarian. Awesome. So. Excellent. Um,
0: so these are pretty long transits that I'm sure we're going to be able to talk about more in the upcoming episodes. Um, we will. Be sure to hit on these things again and kind of check on how we are feeling about the retrogrades so far, um, but we just wanted to give a brief overview of them this time. let's get stoned (laughs) actually let's just talk about crystals and the crystals that to me um this is aurora by the way uh one of my favorite segments um it's all about the crystals and the crystalline energies that you can align yourself with to help harness those scorpionic themes and channel them into your own intensive personalized manifestation rituals so the first one I've got for um, for Scorpio is Magnetite. Magnetite acts as a natural energetic pull alignment. It's great for putting on your crown chakra. It kind of, feel, you'll feel like a little subtle energy realignment happening there, and it kind of helps to open up those pathways to your higher self. Um, and Scorpionic energy is also really magnetic, so I feel like these two are perfect partners for these things. Um, Hematite also, similar to magnetite, is uh, a natural energetic pull alignment aid, but it's a little different. It's more grounding, and it's closely linked to the root chakra, which is also ruled by Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Um, This helps to draw energy up from deep within the Earth to more closely align ourselves with the Earth's energy. Um, So this can be really great for that kind of intense crazy moon period of... uh, Kind of scorpionic, hedonic <laughs> tendencies that might be happening during this full moon cycle. Um, so if you want to stay grounded, you can really channel that energy into your intentional manifestation rituals. So, Moonstone is the stone of mystery, which I feel like is also in line with scorpionic themes, and it does the double duty of being called Moonstone. I just think that's very charming, <laughs> um, especially when in practice with the moon and the full moon it's um it's thought of as the gem of the high priestess and the keeper of the feminine mysteries which i feel like when you think about scorpio you're thinking about um passion and they are very mysterious Mm -hmm. but also they kind of rule the genitals um or they, they do rule the genitals, and half of that's feminine. Well, I, it's a feminine sign. You know how signs
1: are like oh, either masculine it? or feminine?
0: I didn't know that. I mean, I knew some signs were thought of as being, more, like,
1: Taurus is more mm-hmm. masculine. Um, well, I know, like, a lot of, I, I know, like, Leo and Aquarius are for sure masculine signs, and I want to say that Scorpio is a feminine sign, because everything's like yin and yang, you Yeah. Know? It doesn't mean, like, masculine-feminine as in, like, how we would think of it, but as in, like, a yin and yang type thing. Gotcha. Well, good to know. (laughs) I feel like my intuition was right then on picking the stone. Mm -hmm. Um, Use
0: it in your full moon ritual to help manifest those uh, passionate energies and get in touch with your inner feminine side. So the moonstone helps both sexes, though, even though it's been thought of as a feminine stone in the past. It helps both sexes clear the auric field, which when you're talking about uh, full moons and letting go of stuff, I mean, how much more in line with that can you be? You are clearing the way for new things to be manifested and intentionalized during the next new moon. When moonstones are employed by females, it activates the kundalini energy, which again is really powerful and important, especially when you're talking about manifesting your true life's purpose. Um, And males, it helps to manifest um, activity on the right side of the brain.
1: So to me... being a witch, which is, I do identify as a witch. Uh, I identify as a witch, like as a gender, I identify <laughs> as a witch. Uh, and a big part of that for me is being a part of your community. Like being healers has always been a part of, um, you, you know, witches and shamans and people who worked in spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's important to promote things that we do in the community and it not feel like, you know, us. Self masturbatory. Yeah. I was uh I was reading something the other day about
0: um the resurgence of the Bruja movement mm-hmm. um which is uh, a Latina like a cult movement that's mm-hmm. kind of seeing a resurgence right now. And I think it's interesting to note that it kind of became popularized originally when women lost their rights. Uh, the patriarchy became a thing. And basically after marriage, women lost their rights and they knew the political system wasn't going to ever work in their favor. So they turned to spirituality and the occult to get shit done. And um, I, I think it's interesting to note that Um, it's usually used, it's traditionally been used to help fix problems Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, conjuring up a spell or a hex or a curse on somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's gotten a bad rap because people are just, uh, they don't know what it is. And most witches I know are just wanting to worship nature Mm -hmm. and, uh, be close with our environment, which You know, I don't think that's a bad thing at all.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that's why I I wanted to give Aurora the space because she wasn't sure if it was appropriate for her to talk about things that she's been working on with her art scene. And I'm like, yeah, it may not be specifically by the book, oh, witchy or something that we're doing that is about, like, the moon, but it's something that helps our community and it's a part of our community and it's art and it's by a female. And I think that that's the most important. And I, I really wanted her to talk about it here. Um, So
0: I was recently contacted by the High Museum of Art in Atlanta uh, to participate in an event that um, goes to generate funds for the purchase of new works of art. Um, It's called... Uh, The Monster Drawing Rally And it usually has about 50 artists or so That they all get together And draw in front of the public live And then the works are Available for sale immediately after They're done But you can also go and like See a bunch of new artists in person And meet people Um, And I'll be there And so if you like any of the art That you see in our podcast And you live in the Atlanta area Come by It's going to be on May 12th
1: yeah. And Aurora does do all the, like the logos, like all the cool, like the little palm picture that she just put up. Uh, she does all that art, like because she's an awesome designer, and I love her art. It's very very cute. You're very kind. Thank you very much. And
0: also, um, when this episode drops, I will not be in Atlanta, which is where we both live, mm-hmm. incidentally. Um, so if you're in the Atlanta area and you're into this stuff, uh, sign up for one of our workshops, uh, which will probably happen sometime soon-ish. But I won't be in Atlanta during the full moon in Scorpio. I'll actually be on the Navajo Indian Reservation in Phoenix, Arizona, and the Navajo Nation. Uh, I'll be working on a short film out there uh, about about Native Americans, and um, it's going to be a really cool project. So um, stay tuned. I hope to have really good news about that, and I'd like to be getting that into the, fil- the short. Uh, I'd like to be getting that into the film festival circuit uh, early next year. But um, it's definitely in the vein of spirituality and nature, and um, well, I'm not really sure yet. But we'll figure it out <laughs> and tell you more information when it, when we know more about it. We will be likely doing a new moon ritual workshop, um, and if you follow us on social media, we um, we're Blood Moon Milk on Instagram and Twitter, and um, so check there. And then we also have a website, BloodMoonMilk.com, where we will be sure to post any sign up links and further information for our new moon ritual manifestation workshops. Um, And please sign up. We would love to see some of your faces. Thanks for joining us for our second episode. If you like us, like what we're doing, please get in touch with us. Let us know. Tell your coven. We need subscribers to keep growing. And, uh, like, we're just two girls doing this. There's no budget or anything. Um, So if you like us, let us know. It really feeds our soul and it helps keep us going. We do a new episode every new moon and every full moon. So about every two weeks. This is our last song for the night. It's called Ready for the Magic off the album Babes Never Die by the band Honeyblood.